asked Tracy and Lonnie to help in Ground Zero, uh, you know, years ago. And I can remember I asked her, I said, uh, can, you, can you run computers? And, and her daughter said she can't even turn on a computer. And now she's a whiz at running the computer, and we don't want anybody else back there. People are like, can I help? Not back there, you can't, because we need Tracy back there, because she knows what she's doing. And so, uh, it, it, you know, if you're kind of uneasy about it, or think, I don't know, I don't you know, check my emails, I don't even know if I have an email, uh, we can work around those things and make that work for you and help you out uh, in any way that we need to. So, now the main thing is, is all that looks cool, but why should I help? Uh, you know, this is awesome. Why should I jump into to Dream Team Sunday? And why should I help? And so the message this morning is Kingdom of Priests. And um, we're going to talk about why you should help. If you walked in this morning and noticed there's a big chalkboard behind a big red desk out front. And it says, saved people serve people. And it says, we church, not me church. And you might read that and think like, I, I kind of get what you're saying. But what exactly does that mean? And we're going to jump into some scripture this morning about what that means. Now, we're going to read out of Ephesians 4, uh, 11 through 13. And verse 11 says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the pastor and the teacher. Now, stop right there. Don't go to the next one. It says, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Now, if you've uh, ever been to Bible school or in, in church very long, you'll know that this is called the five-fold ministry gifts. And so, um, you know, raise your hand if you're a pastor, right? There's two of us in here this morning. Uh, any apostles in the house? Prophets. You know, if you've ever been here and heard Joe McGee, he's an evangelist. We have Curvin uh, on Wednesday nights and Ground Zero, he's an evangelist. And so you might look at this and say, well, God gave these gifts to the church, but I don't have any of these gifts. Now we're going to jump to the next verse, and this is where it gets really crazy. Verse 12 says, their responsibility. Now there, he's talking about the fivefold. He's talking about the, the prophet and the apostle, the preacher, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. All right, jump to the next one. Okay, so these gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, their responsibility is to equip God's people, y'all are God's people, to do his work and build up the church. Now, we've all had this mentality in ministry and in church that whose job is it to build the church? It's his job, right? He's the pastor. This was all his great idea. But we've had that backwards his job, Miss Vicky's job, is to equip you to do God's work and to build up the church, which is the body of Christ. So if you think, why is there nobody here? It's your fault. <laughs> right? So, so your job, your job as a Christian, I heard a pastor preach the other day, and he said, the idea of a Christian coming to church, sitting in a service and leaving isn't even biblical. God never intended for you to come to church, sit down, drink coffee, eat a donut, and go home. That was never the plan. This was the plan. I'm going to get up here. Pastor's going to get up here. The band is going to get up here. And they are going to equip you to do God's work so you can go out. Because, see, you, you have connections I don't have. You know people I don't know. You, you work with people I don't work with. And so as I equip you, as pastor equips you, as the band equips you, as we pray for you, for the needs you have going on in your life, and we do this, it is your job to do this work and to build up the church, which is the body of Christ. Can we go to the next verse? 
If you're wondering how long do we do this, I'm glad you ask. It says, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's sons that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So what does that mean? That means when Jesus comes back, because none of that will happen until Christ returns. We won't be fully complete in the standard of Christ until he returns. And so we're supposed to do this. Could you jump back to that previous verse, Megan? Thank you very much. It says, now these are the gifts, and it, it, this is what we're supposed to be doing. As a Christian, whether you've been in this church for uh, all 30 years, you were in the first service back in the Java Cafe uh, when we had chairs in there, or if you just showed up this morning, or this is your third or fourth Sunday, this is what we're supposed to be doing as a church. Our responsibility is to equip God's people, which we're doing, so that you can do his work and build up his church. So when you think about saved people serve people, that's what that means. But see, you come to church, we equip you, and we get you saved, and we water baptize you out front, and your life is transformed. Then your next step is to serve in the church. It's to do God's work and build up his church. Do you know that the local church is the hope of the world? It's not government. It's not money, right? It's not who the next president is. Our, our hope is not in the next president, right? He's, it's just not. And we trust God and we believe God and, and, and we know he's faithful and true. But the hope of the world is happening right here, right now. And churches all across the world are meeting this morning and people's lives are being transformed. And you as a Christian should be a part of that. Um, like I said a couple years ago, uh, it's always longer than I think we asked Lonnie and Tracy to start helping in Ground Zero. And... Uh, they jumped on our team and started helping out, and they helped out in the sound booth. And, and what, what we were doing is Megan and I were in the sound booth. She would run computers, and I would, we didn't have this, the lights like this yet. We didn't have any of this. And I would kind of run the sound, and then I'd run up and do stuff and then run back. And then Jason would get done, and he'd run back. And then I'd get up and preach. And I kind of thought, that's a bad idea. Let's change that. So I asked two people to help. And uh, when they helped, they said, you know, after years had gone by, they're like, I, I didn't know what this would do for me. You know, I thought I was going to be helping the kids. I thought I was going to be pouring out, but I got ministered to. See, when we do Easter and Christmas and our big weekends and our big services, and we have great worship and we do skits and videos. See, we get a lot more out of that by serving than you do by just attending. You come and have a good time, but we walk away with a a different experience because we served and we were a part of that. And, and so for you, you sit in church and, and, and it's great that you're here and you need to be in church, but you think I'm looking for the next step. I wish y'all did a life group or I wish there was Wednesday night services or I, I wish, you know, we could do something on the side or maybe pastor could come to the house. Your next step is to serve. That's the more you're looking for. That's what you want. It's going to be to serve alongside God's people and in his local church making a difference. And I can guarantee you, you're going to grow more than you ever thought. Your eyes are going to be opened in ways you never thought possible just by jumping in and serving. Now, down at Power Kids, uh, Pastor Rusty and Miss Vicki have been doing Power Kids. Uh, is this your third year going in? third year going in. Uh, we've been down at the new building for almost five years. Can you believe it? We've been down there for almost five years. I feel like we just had the first Sunday down there, not, you know, a year ago. But what pastor does is he gets up and he does a saying uh, with the students. And uh, he says, he, he gets up and says, what's my job? And, and the kids say, to love us. And then he says, what's your job? 
And the kids say, to love each other. And then he says, um, what are we at Power Kids? And the kids say, we're family. And he says, what do we do at Power Kids? And the kids say, love Jesus. And so he does this in Power Kids. Now, we could change this, and we could say, what's my job? And you would say, to equip us. I would say, what's your job? And you would say, to spread the gospel and grow the church, right? To do God's work and grow the church. And then I would say, what are we? And we would say, we're family. And I would say, what do we do at TCF? And we would say, we love Jesus. See, and, and it's that the kids know. The kids know. It's very simple. Pastor loves us. We love each other. We're family. And we love Jesus as a group. I mean, that is like church in, in, a, in, a, in a phrase. See, I'm here. Pastor's here. Miss Vicky, the band, you know, everybody that helps, we're here to love y'all, right? To equip you. So that you can love each other. And that you can love everyone in this community. Now, it says that we are, uh, you know, a kingdom of priests. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into that right now. Uh, Ephesians 4.16 says that he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, we know from the previous verse that Jesus called the church, the body of Christ. That's what we are, is we're the body of Christ. You may have heard the saying, you know, don't, don't go to church, be the church. That's what that means. We're the body of Christ. And it says, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So as you do your part, you know, as an usher, maybe, and you help come up and you serve people and you help them find their seats and you do a good job, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I, I played football in junior high, and uh, we, we had a guy, and, and uh, I, I was not this tall in, in school. I grew like my senior year. Uh, the coach passed me the last week of school and said, Gray, you're about ready for football. And I was always short and kind of stocky and slow. I was like this, but just shorter. And, uh, and uh, I, I was always on, on the line, you know. You never get to touch the ball. You, you don't get to do any of that fun stuff, you know. Uh, I'm, I wasn't the quarterback or something cool. I was on the line, you know. One of those positions you don't even know what it is. You know, not, not the cool guy like the tight end. At least he can run out for a pass route. I couldn't even do that. Well, our center, he was always mad because, you know, I want to be a running back. I, I want to run the ball. You know, I, I want to I do something that people like, you know. And uh, no, no kid wants to grow up watching NFL and says, I want to be a lineman, right? Nobody ever says that. And so he was so distraught that I want to be, you know, I want to run the ball. And the coach said, your part is important. You make a difference right where you are. If you don't do your part, the quarterback can't throw the ball and the receiver can't catch it and we can't score. Now, the hard thing is, is like we all want to be the guy scoring, right? That's who we want to be. And so it was hard for him to, he never could get over it. They invented a play where he pass the ball to the quarterback and he touches the ball and then he would pick it up and run. Well, you know how well that worked. It didn't work. And, and, and so church is a lot the same way. When we come to church, we think, you know, well, I want to sing or, or I, I want to be on stage or I want to preach or I want to do something cool. I want to play the electric guitar. You know, I want to do something awesome. I don't want to be an usher out in the aisle handing out brochures, but every part matters. Here's always the hard thing about church. You come to church and you think that pastor, this is all he does, 
Right? You think, well, pastor gets up and preaches. But you're not at the office Monday when 400 people come by and need prayer and counseling and money and help and they're broke. And, and you're not at the office on Thursday mornings when we mow all day long and we weed eat and spray weeds. And do you know how much property we have? The lot, the island, behind ground zero, in front of the church, we mow the house all behind. We go down to power kids and mow. And it takes all day. And you think, well, you have this really cool job. You get to get up and preach and speak and you're all cool. And we go in the grocery store, but it's like, hey, pastor. But, but you don't see all the stuff, all the work. Pastor probably spends, you know, 5% of his time teaching. And the other t- time is work. And every part of this ministry, you know what the most important thing happening right now this morning is? The number one thing happening is the nursery. That is the most important ministry happening right now this morning. Because you're able to drop your kids off. They're able to have fun. They're able to, to hear a, a short message, you know, something on their level from a, from a flannel board. You get to sit in here. You know, think if there's 13 screaming kids in here. Right, the most important thing happening right now is the nursery. They don't get any praise. They don't get glory. They don't. Get, I mean, they're shoved in the back in a room with the door closed with snotty kids and poopy diapers. But it's the most important thing going on right now. And every part, just what that verse says, it says every part's important. First Peter two nine says, "For you are a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of darkness into His wonderful light." That's where we get the title. You are a royal priest. Now, a priest back in the day, you know, you, you could describe it as a preacher. Uh, we just had our Ground Zero team meeting, and I told my team, you're not volunteers, you're youth pastors. You, they decide on Wednesday nights to minister to kids. They're not just watching. You know, that's the big thing in nursery. Well, I'm just a babysitter. No, 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 no. You are deciding that I'm going to share the light of Christ with these children. And I'm going to pour out my love and, and, and Christ on the inside of me onto these kids. I'm not just sitting in a room babysitting. When you show up on Wednesday night at Power Kids or Ground Zero on Wednesday night, you're not just, you know, uh, my sister calls it herding cats. And she's a teacher with sixth grade. And, you know, she's like, it's like herding cats. That's all we do is herd cats. And that's not true. We share the love of Jesus Christ with students. You make a huge difference, a gigantic impact that that you, you may never see, but it happens. We've been doing Ground Zero for about 15 years across the street. And pastor, we, we, we see kids all the time that were like, man, you know, my, my greatest experience was in Ground Zero. God changed my life when I went to camp. Oh, when I was in Power Kids, I got saved. And, and you're making a huge difference. Revelations 1.6 says, He has made us a kingdom of priests. For God his Father, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. He has made us a kingdom of priests. And that's what we are. Royal priesthood. The word royal means king. Uh, some other translations literally say kings and priests. And so God has made us kings and priests. And your job, your, your calling is to, is to do that right here at TCF in your local church and to serve and to help and to make what we do possible. You know, if, if, if the ladies didn't help out in nursery, it doesn't, it doesn't help this part of the ministry grow. If there is no power kids or ground zero, it doesn't help young families to come here because they know there's somewhere for their kids to go. If you don't help as an usher, uh, a, a family coming in or maybe an older woman coming in the back late and it's dark in here and she can't find her seat, she may never come back. 
If there's not a greeter at the door saying, hello, welcome to Toy Christian Fellowship. If you need help, the Java Cafe is this way. There's our red desk and the auditorium is this way. Have you ever walked into a place you're uncomfortable in? Or maybe you've flown somewhere and you've gotten off in a plane in an airport you've never been to. And you step off and you're like, oh, where do I go? I can remember I was in high school when I flew for the first time by myself. And I believe I flew to San Antonio to see my grandfather. And I, I was, you know, probably like a freshman. Or, and it's like I've never, I've never done that before, not on my own. And it was a very, you know, you, you see a, a woman behind a desk. You're like, my God, here's a ticket. I can't read this. Where do I go? And that's how church can feel to people. Remember the first time you came. And you walked through that door and you didn't know where anything was. You didn't know where to go. You didn't know what time service started or why the doors were closed. Or, or what's a Java cafe, you know. And you were nervous. And people feel like that. And as you step up and as you help in these ministries, you get to be a part of that and make a difference. And someone's life could be radically changed because of you, because you greeted, because you were in the red desk, because you were an usher, because you helped in nursery. And so I want to encourage you this morning that wherever you're at in your walk with Christ to jump in and start serving, whether you've been saved for a long time or whether you've been coming to church a long time or not long at all. I want to encourage you to jump in and serve and be a part of what we're doing. And so here's how we're going to do this. Um, You can go out to the red desk. If you currently serve somewhere, you already help, you're already a volunteer, I need you to come over there and fill out one of these cards. We're going to have two different cards, one for uh, current volunteers and one for new volunteers. So you go out there, Megan and I will be out there, we'll help you sign them, fill them out. Uh, If you're new, you'll get a brochure of where you signed up for, of where you wanted to help, and it'll kind of walk you through of what you're doing, what it's all about, schedules, times you'll be here, how often you'll serve, and you'll get one of those. And um, we'll answer any questions you have, anything you're wondering about or don't know about. Uh, What we want to do is, for our new volunteers, we're going to focus on just a few ministries. Uh, You can serve in the nursery, which we really need help in our nursery, and I encourage you to be a part of our nursery and and ministering to young kids. And we need help in power kids. We need help in our ushers, our greeters, and the red desk. And then also you can sign up to help in Ground Zero. And so if you want to help out, you want to go to the next level, uh, I want to ask you to come out there uh, and fill those out. So if you just bow your head, we're going to pray really quick. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning that as we take this next step in our volunteer ministry, Father, that your hand would be upon it. Father, I pray right now that you would stir in our hearts to serve, Father, where you want us to serve and where you want us to help, Father, and I pray that you would be a part of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, to all of my...